Hello and welcome to Hermione Surrender. This is Therese Picola. I'm so happy to be back with all of you. After my one month hiatus, um, I took some time to finish Lent in a prayerful and meaningful way and to really enjoy the um, Easter season um, with my family and to just take a little time to decompress because talking about the subject matter can be... Um, uh, can take a lot out of a person, so it's good to have a little time to retreat and to um, spend some time with the Lord to build back up that energy to keep going forward. Um, today's topic is going to, well, it's probably going to be a little bit heavy, so before I even talk about it at all, I just want to go ahead and um, start with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, united with your mystical body, the Church, and in union with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we gather to praise, adore, and glorify you. Before time, you existed co-eternal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Through you, all things were created, the seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominions, virtues, powers, principalities, archangels, and angels. The cosmos and all it contains was created by the Father through you and in the Holy Spirit. Nothing would exist without you, and nothing remains in being without you. You alone have dominion over every created thing. To you, then, our Lord and Master, we raise our voices in prayer and supplication. Watch over us and keep us safe in your care. By your power, over all things, render deaf, dumb, blind, and utterly impotent any and all evil spirits who would seek to harm us. By the power of your most precious blood, purify and sanctify us, this podcast, and all who hear it. Grant that the words, thoughts, ideas, and movements of our hearts shared in this program may glorify you, the one true God, and help us grow in virtue and holiness. Heavenly Father, your boundless, relentless love for us is made manifest in the incarnation of Jesus, your Son. Through him you have expiated our sins and claimed us as your own. Please hear and grant our prayers offered to you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so today, um, it's been on my heart for a while and I wasn't really sure how to approach it, but then as, as it always turns out, God plants little seeds, I think, to, um, you know, to kind of push us forward. Um, today's topic is really about, uh, sexuality. I think if there's, um, younger ears listening, um, it may just be good to maybe listen first before deciding if you want them to listen as well. Although I think it's a message that everybody needs to hear. Um, I think I want to start off with this quote from Luke um, to kind of set the tone. Luke 17. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung round his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. So... I don't think I have to really say this, but we live in a very uh, super over-sexualized society. Um, I think it just has become worse because of all the things that are available at our fingertips through social media, you know, cell phones, computers, all of that, that allows um, just this avenue that we didn't have um, in generations past. Not that we didn't have um, 
sinfulness and sexuality then, but I think it's just much more prevalent because of how accessible it is, especially in the way of uh, pornography through the internet. But it just seems like there are these deviant sexual behaviors are becoming more widely acceptable. Um, That there's just a a way to excuse um, things that are not natural. Um, And and I'm not sure where we kind of took that downhill um, spiral. But um, what prompted me to talk about this was, well, a while ago, um, you know, there's been a lot of things, uh, especially in more current news about, um, um, child sex slaves and, and, and just, um, child pornography and, and all that. Um, I started following this gentleman, Tim Ballard, and some of you might've heard of him. And if you haven't, I would suggest maybe, um, Googling him because he actually does some really great work. He, um, I started following him on social media. Um, basically he rescues children from sex trafficking and, uh, exploitation. And his organization is called Operation Underground Railroad, which is pretty fitting if you think about it. Um, it's pretty amazing and gut-wrenching and, nauseating and all of those things, but it's a reality and it's a reality that I think many people like to kind of pass over because it's, it is so terribly, um, uncomfortable and and evil. Um, I say uncomfortable, but I mean, it should be more than uncomfortable, but I think it's that discomfort in something that makes us kind of go, "Eh, I think I'll pass that. It's terrible, but I don't really want to, to, to pay attention. You know, I'll just going to, go back to my little bubble over here where it's not so bad. Um, but recently I had learned that, um, so there's a movie, um, that's going to come out. It's called the sound of freedom. And so apparently Jim Caviezel will be playing the role of, um, Tim Ballard in this movie. Um, I caught a little clip of him, um, talking about it and all I could think was, wow, it's, it's hard enough to be a person who, goes through it, but then to be a person who has to live through those experiences of others and, and try to keep your cool and, and being a dad even, or if, you know, a mom for, for if there's a woman in the movie, but it's, I just can't imagine, um, just having to like portray that, um, even for a pretend, you know, for a movie, um, knowing that it's, it's a real life, um, issue happening, but, um, it's funny because, you know, as a victim of abuse for myself, part of me kind of cringes at what that movie is going to expose. Um, just because in my own small way, I, in thank God, literally very small way, um, that I was, um, abused and exposed to, to this, uh, sexual, poor sexual behavior. Um, it's, I think that it's, um, if there's ever a time to kind of blow the lid off of all of this evil that's happening, it really needs to be now. Um, and to be clear, it is evil. It's demonic. This behavior of these people, this sexual behavior is demonic behavior. Um, pornography, for instance, has attached to it some of the highest demons from hell. I'll say that again. Pornography attached to pornography are some of the highest demons from hell. So imagine 
the demons attached to these people who are actually carrying out, not just looking at this, but carrying it out. It's terrible. So um, I just, I, I think of that and I think, can you imagine the eternal suffering of, of someone who harms God's most innocent and vulnerable in our children? And not that anyone should be abused, but in our children of all things, babies. It's just horrific to even think about. Um, so this movie, and I'm sorry, I know this is like a heavy, heavy um, topic, but I, I, it needs to be heard. I want, I want this to be heard, um, that I can share at least a little bit of my own experience um, to a much larger demonic problem that's happening in the world here. So um, the movie really kind of stirred me to think back to my experience of abuse and and rape and how that impacted me and how it actually drove me further away from God, Um, which, you know, again, this is my experience. Um, I think that um, we have to just I'm sharing from from a place of of a situation I went through this is not to say that children who are sexually abused would become possessed or anything of that nature. It's not their fault. Um, so um, I just want to share from my experience how that led me towards more evil um, in hopes that, that others will um, get the help that they need to avoid this. Um, my first sexual abuse happened when I was uh, six or seven years old. Um, it was scary um, physically uncomfortable, just, uh, embarrassing. Um, speaking from like a little child's perspective, you know, looking back, I could say a lot more, a lot worse things about it, but from a child at that age, those were the feelings I was going through and especially very shameful. And that shame is what kept me quiet. So those feelings, um, really kind of brewed internally in me for a long time. Um, And there was a lot of confusion about what sex really was because it didn't, what had happened to me didn't seem normal, but I had really nothing that was no example of a loving, um, normal, beautiful type of sexual, you know, relationship to compare it to. I was only a child and my parents, um, because they didn't know what had happened, I think maybe in retrospect, if they knew, maybe there would have been more discussion about it. Um, but there was a lot of, in our, in the early years, there was a lot of stress and kind of just turmoil from time to time in the household. So there, I wasn't, um, really being able to relate, um, healthy, uh, relationship in that way. Um, so when I was assaulted, sexually assaulted, not too long after that first, um, abuse, the damage, you know, some of the damage internally had already been done. Um, so the thoughts when that happened were, you know, something must be wrong with me. Um, you know, I really don't want to get in trouble. I need to not say anything to my parents because what if they think poorly of me because this happened? Because it, it was all put on me. Again, the shame, the embarrassment, the, you know, um, the evil one uses these instances to kind of twist our, our, the way we perceive things. Um, don't be, don't think that just that a child is not attacked because the evil one starts 
as soon as you can reason, the evil one is is trying to bring sin into your life, right? So, um, so even in that instance where it's like, I, here I am, a child. I, you know, I'm I'm being cared for by others. It's not my responsibility to protect myself. It's it's you know, others should be protecting me. But still, there's this feeling of I'm bad. I'm I've done something wrong. I'm I'm ugly. I'm you know all these lies that start um, coming into into um, my feelings. You know my thoughts and feelings. Um, so that kind of sat with me. There was um, what what happened from that. Then was there became this like kind of unnatural obsession with um, wanting to feel loved. Um, and somehow that was equating to the physical aspect. And and I can't really explain where that really came from outside of, of the confusion of the abuse. Um, so, but there was like this just wanting to be taken away, wanting to be relieved of feeling um, alone and isolated because that's what it really caused was those that, that abuse really internally caused me to feel very alone even though externally I still had friends and I was still you know worldly and doing things um but internally I felt very lonely um later when I was 13 and I was approached and kind of lured in by this 19 year old um who I didn't know was 19 at the time but very quickly I find found out it was the first time that feelings were suggested. So prior, you know, with the abuse and the assault, it was, if you tell, you know, we're going to do this to you, or if you tell, you, you know, you're going to be taken away from your parents, or if you like, so there was like threats, but there, it was more out of fear um, and, and anger. But now it was um, this other type of manipulation. It was, you're so beautiful. You look so much older than other girls your age. Um, you know, I love you. Uh, there's no one else like you. Um, you know, normally I wouldn't be attracted to someone so young, but you know, you're different. Um, all this kind of emotional manipulation that when, um, that made the forced sex, somehow feel normal because it was it started with this buildup of um the emotional um the emotional manipulation and um I think in females in particular it's much easier because we are emotion driven um so it always in between the sexual acts there was always this kind of um reinforcement of of, you know, telling me how great I was. Um, don't worry about your parents. It's okay to lie to your parents. Um, you know, but then the, the, the firmness of meet me here at this time, you know, I don't want to have to, you know, expose you or, um, you know, do you really want me to, to leave you all by yourself? And, you know, so, um, a lot of like manipulation, um, Every time there was, every time we were together, it was, it was sexually driven, um, just kind of forcing me to do things I, I didn't even really know about. Um, and very quickly, um, became accustomed to just going through the actions of it. Um, so that went on for, for about a year and a half. And then, um, and then through just a chain of events with, um, change of location of school and things like that. Um, I 
was basically freed of this situation. Um, this person um, went on to manipulate someone else. As I found out later, he was also abusing young boys. Um, so it was just an ugly, ugly situation all around. Um, of course, never told my parents um, because, again, that shame at this point now, because I was a little older, especially, there was just this um, incredible shame, but also this um, I was living in lie after lie after lie. And it got to a point where they piled up so much on top of each other that I was so afraid of telling the truth because I had lied so much that my fear was that I, I wasn't going to be believed, you know? So, um, so I just, um, created that habit. And I think that happens. Um, first of all, I think it, in my case, anyways, with abuse, lies became very commonplace because of not wanting to be discovered. But also then, as I'm being manipulated by the evil one, um, lies become the standard. It's acceptable, you know, you know, don't tell God type of thing, even though, of course, God knows everything. But when you're you're young, you think, oh, I don't want to, you know, because to you as a young child, you think, oh, if the priest hears this, you know, um, God's going to find out type of thing. Or if the priest hears this, he might tell my parents or so there was just this kind of rejection um, of exposing myself in any type of way. So I was really living kind of like this double life, even at that age. Um, what happened with this is really it confirmed the idea that love equaled sex. So in a relationship, if you wanted someone to love you, you they had to be able, you know, you had to have sex with them because that's what basically solidified the love. Um, it wasn't about building friendship, building um, just um, experiences together. It was immediately oh, you don't want to have sex with me, then you don't like me. So, um, and, and that's kind of in my mind how it was like that became normal. And so rejection um, really stung that much more because the normal person <laughs> would say, well, I don't want to have sex with you. You're, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old and I, I it's not right. And, you know, we're, and we're supposed to wait till marriage or whatever. And here I am saying, well, don't you love me? Like, you know, so I became the manipulator. I became the one who was using that emotional manipulation in a sense, because I wanted to feel quote loved. Um, and I believed that the only way for that to happen was to have this, you know, this person have sex with me, you know, intercourse. So, um, the abuse, well, first of all, it's those, those, um, are distorted and unholy views of what relationships are really supposed to be. And and we know this, we can say this, anyone listening who, who has a good, you know, uh, Catholic foundation, a good idea of sinfulness and, and what to avoid. We, we know this is distorted and unholy, but are our children learning that soon enough? Are our children being manipulated in the same way from their peers, from someone who's trying to lure them in to exploit them? Um, you know, are we really getting this across to our, our children? Um, you know, the abuse and the rape were something, they were evil things that were done to me. 
there was, it was out of my control. It was, um, it, it was, um, wrong. It was evil by the, that offender. But, but however, what I chose to do afterwards, that was the evil that I allowed at that point. So, so I think that's the way to kind of, um, look at, look at the situation of abuse and, and, and I don't want this, you know, I I know this could open a whole can of worms and many people will come to me on occasion and talk about even the cleric, uh, the, the abuse with the clergy and, and I, these are all terrible things and it's not, I'm not trying to excuse any of that because they are abusers. Um, there was evil, they performed evil actions. And that person who was the recipient of that, they're not, they did not choose evil. So if they went and they got the help that they needed and they um, healed from that and kind of closed the door to any evil, more evil being involved in their lives, you know, that's, that's wonderful. I did not do that. I instead spiraled into, into more evil. So, and how did I do that? So let me give some examples just to kind of make sense of this. Um, I didn't forgive. I didn't, I didn't bring it to the Lord, um, and, and ask to help ask or reach out for help to be able to forgive the, the, those who, who had, um, offended me, but also I didn't forgive myself because I blamed myself for the behavior. I blamed myself for, um, for being who I was. I blamed myself for being, um, for looking older than I was, for being nicer than I should be, for dressing a certain way. I blamed myself for all those things. So there was a lack of forgiveness and many lies. Um, and there was sexual promiscuity that um, ended up leading into an abortion. These are all evil things that I chose. Um, I decided to to continue this path and open that door. Um, I opened up that door through the occult because I wanted to, um, and I've spoke about this, I wanted to remove myself from my reality. And the occult was enticing because it was... Um, put me in a different place. It allowed me to like kind of go into this uh, otherworldliness um, fascination with things that were not about um, things that were harming me, that were hurting me in this world. And you would think the normal thing to do would would go to go to God, go to the angels, go to the saints, because they're um, otherworldly and take you away in, in in a much more beautiful way. But there was this fascination with. Um, you know, things like, um, like the seances, like the tarot cards, tell me what my life is going to be because it's, it's got to be better than this. So give me something else to go with. Give me another reason, the Ouija board, give me answers. I want to have answers to, to all these things. And that just opened the door to evil. So, um, so I chose, I chose to continue that path and not shut that door. Um, and then through the abortion, I opened, many other, you know, portals to, to evil, um, you know, um, which we've, uh, I've discussed in, in, in other podcasts, but, um, there's, um, there's a, a quote in, um, one Corinthians and it says, um, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy spirit within which you have from God? And I can honestly tell you that my answer to that would be, no, 
Now today I know that. But if you asked me as a teenager, do you know this? Do you know your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit? I would say no. No, it's not. God doesn't live here. There's because in because how could God live? How could I be a temple of the Holy Spirit when these terrible things were allowed to happen to me? You know, that's I felt rejected. I felt like I was kind of like that oops that God made like, oh, well, you know, she she's we'll just deal with her because she's a mess. You know, I didn't truly believe that that God created me in this beautiful way, in this feminine, um, beautiful, nurturing, um, um, just heaven sent way. I didn't believe that about myself. I could probably, I don't want to say guarantee, but I, I would say there's a very good chance if you asked a lot of young people today, if they believe that their body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, I fear that the answer to that question from a lot of young people would be no. I don't think they realize how much God loves them because it's the love that they've been exposed to many, many young people is distorted and it comes through sexuality. It comes through um, promiscuous sex. It comes through um, abortion. It comes through multiple partners. It comes through homosexuality. Like, I mean, we could list. And then we have this other whole world of just these, of sex trafficking, which opens a completely different, and that's, you know, with pornography. And I mean, just, again, I go back to what I said at the beginning the demons attached to pornography and through pornography, through that pornography by association, all these sexual sins and, and other things are some of the highest demons from hell. We've got to let that sink in and we have to conquer that. And we have to give our children the voice that they need to be able to learn this when they're younger to be, um, to not push it aside, to not assume they're okay, to not send them off with, you know, so-and-so's parents or older brother or whoever the case may be thinking that everything's fine. Um, we have to, we have to protect our children because if we're not protecting and teaching our children, what happens to me, what has happened to me could happen to them and God willing it won't but um you know oppression is a much bigger thing than possession and I would say there's probably a lot of oppressed people in this world um who have um been exploited sexually um whether they thought by choice or not by choice in many cases so um so I think um I think I just want to leave off with that and just say also that another thing is um, because my this the rape that I endured went on for a year and a half, there was a soul tie attached to that and all that junk that was attached to that person, I did have to renounce that um, when I was um, going through my sessions. And um, again, not by a fault of my own, but because that's how 
evil attaches itself. Um, and so, um, I would say again, like I, like, like I've said, not that you were anywhere close to where I might've been or where I was, but when you, when things come to mind and you kind of think, oh, I was that person, I was with that person intimately and there's something not right about them or whatever, you can still renounce that. You can renounce it, send it to the foot of the cross, give it to Jesus, heal from that in whatever way you need to leave nothing attached to you that can separate you from our Lord Um, and go to the blessed mother, you know, women, especially who have not treated their bodies well, who did not believe their bodies were temples of the Holy Spirit, go to the blessed mother, learn, um, learn about um, her purity um, and her humility and her beauty and her femininity, learn that from her, consecrate yourselves to her. Men, consecrate yourselves to St. Joseph, who was the same, his chastity and his purity. Um, we need this in our world. Uh, we need to heal from, from these um, terrible sexual wounds that are happening. Evil sexuality in this world sex was supposed to intercourse sexuality was supposed to be a beautiful thing and as we saw even as far back as the old testament there was a lot of um bad things happening even then um but that's not how god created us to be it was supposed to be shared between a man and a woman in the beautiful um uh, vocation of marriage um for procreation and for each other and look what we've become. So um, let's just keep that in our prayers. Keep these children um, who, um, this organization, like I said, Tim Ballard, um, I feel like I'm giving like a a little promotion here and I, and I don't mean to, it's just that he's the one that I really have been following and, and hopefully there's others, but um, to learn more about that and even how you can help. um, I'm sure he has materials out there um, to learn more. um, But I would say, pray, pray for that mission, pray for those children, pray for children through adults, because it's not just children, children's children through adults, pray for those who are enslaved to this horrible, horrible uh, sex trafficking, um, slaves to these people, these these people who are doing terrible, evil things. Um, pray for them. Pray that hearts are changed. Pray that um, there's a moment of um, clarity where they can um, break free, that they can be saved. Um, and I guess pray for this movie that's coming out because um, God willing, it'll open the eyes to many people. Um, and I suspect that the exposure is going to give people, um, you know, there's going to be a day of reckoning, I guess. Um, and, and, and it needs to happen. And maybe this will be the exposure that needs to happen in order to, to get this started. But we can do our part. We can pray. We can um, educate ourselves. We can teach our children. Um, and we can hopefully um, avoid um, others going down this road. So with that, let's just give glory to God in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.